0: What's going on Dolphins fans Kyle Krabs locked on Dolphins today is Friday December 23rd and we are going over all of the latest Miami Dolphins news going into week 16 with the Dolphins at home playing against the Green Bay Packers you are locked on Dolphins your daily Miami Dolphins podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What's going on Dolphins fans, Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Friday, December 23rd, 2022, and today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. They have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. We're getting out a little late today on a Friday. Wanted to sit down, and collect a lot of notes. We got the Pro Bowl to go over. We got some player availability interviews. We got some um, Green Bay Packers news to get into and talk a little bit more about this matchup. And on top of that, I am uh, a little, little under the weather. So apologize if you get any sniffs. I will try my best to, to exercise my mute button to the absolute best of my ability to make sure that you guys get the absolute best Friday podcast that you possibly can. here are on Locked on Dolphins. If you're not familiar with me, the host of the show, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, the co-founder of the DraftNetwork.com, and your host here on Locked on Dolphins. So with that in mind, let's get into... All of the latest since we last spoke without Peter Bukowski from Green Bay Packers. So we last talked on Wednesday and then in crossover Thursday yesterday. Peter was great. Uh, but there's been some news that's happened since that I want to provide my perspective on. As well as put some cherries on top for talking about this matchup against the Packers. I think any, any Dolphins discussion that's covering everything that we have covered. Since last last speaking without Crossover Thursday on Wednesday, the Pro Bowl votes came in. And the Dolphins had three players that were selected to the Pro Bowl. Teron Armstead, offensive tackle, well-deserved. Wide receiver Tyree Kill, best wide receiver in the AFC, statistically speaking, well-deserved. And dot, 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 Zavian Howard. Okay. Uh, Zavian Howard uh, nominated to his fourth Pro Bowl. Becomes just the eighth player in Dolphins history to start in four Pro Bowls. Joining Dan Marino, Jim Langer, Jason Taylor, Dwight Stevenson, John Offerdahl, Richmond Webb, and Cameron Wake. He is just the 10th player in Dolphins history to start three consecutive Pro Bowls. This according to uh, the Dolphins uh, media communication staff. So some pretty neat statistics there for Zavian Howard. I'm happy for Zavian. But I think it's pretty telling itself when Zavian, when asked about finding out that he had made the Pro Bowl, said that he was fairly surprised that he made the Pro Bowl. Um, Talked about playing through uh, injuries everybody's injured if you ask anybody 100 nobody's 100% i just go out there and try to play to the best of my ability uh but admitted that that he to his own standard had just played okay this season i think that's fair now i like Teron armstead i respect the heck out of zavian howard missing one game early this season with groins on the injury report and going out and playing but i i would agree that it, it's it's it hasn't been the X that we've come to know and love on the football field. Uh, the Dolphins had five first or second alternates. Those players, fullback Alec Ingold, first alternate. Quarterback Tua tonga first alternate. Wide receiver Jalen Waddell, first alternate. Defensive end Christian Wilkins, first alternate. Outside linebacker Bradley Chubb, second alternate. And then safety Javon Holland and Mike Gusecki were also extended alternates further beyond that. Um, the fact that the Dolphins finished with three, in my mind, is still a joke and quite disrespectful. Um, They say your best ability is availability, right? So if you are, on one hand, going to give Jamar Chase the benefit of the doubt over Jalen Waddle, when Chase missed a month and Waddle has several hundred more yards of production and effectively the same amount of touchdowns and is averaging 18 yards a catch, and you're not going to put him on because, oh, well, Chase missed time. Well, then I would love to know the explanation for Tua Valoa not being one of the three primaries when his statistics were hurt because he missed two and a half games. especially in spite of leading the fan voting in half. So you know, like, he was number one in fan voting for any player to any position, and then the coaches had their say and the players had their say, and he went from first to fourth. It's a tough sell for me, especially when you're going to turn around and and give a player a bump over Jalen Waddle, who was exponentially more deserving in my mind than Jamar Chase this year. Jamar Chase is a phenomenal talent, but the purpose is not to identify Who would you rather be starting a franchise with at the wide receiver position? And I think Waddle's still got a case because if you go back and listen to the pre-2021 draft stuff, some of us had Jalen Waddle as the wide receiver one. Um, It's what what your resume says for this year. Jalen Waddle has been phenomenal, outstanding. Christian Wilkins, he kind of knew that that was a loaded deck with Quinnen Williams Chris Jones and Jeffrey Simmons being the guys getting the call. Um, It's the unfortunate realities. Christian Wilkins and his play is never going to be fully appreciated by people who don't watch all the games and see the impact because you can sort the interior defensive lineman in the AFC by sacks alone. And guess who the top three were that got in? Not Christian Wilkins. Um. Alec Ingold not getting in over Ricard and from Baltimore uh, is kind of goofy, too. Well, I was hoping we'd get five or six. We get 5 or 6 we did not It's fine. Uh, the last time the Dolphins had at least three players picked for the Pro Bowl was 2013. Miami had four selections that year. Brandon Fields, Brent Grimes, Mike Pouncey, and Cameron Wade. Uh, that stat also coming from uh, the Dolphins' media communication staff. And the last stat that I'll leave you with. 2023 Pro Bowl games are the first to feature at least two offensive starters for the Dolphins since 1995, when Marino, Sims, and Richmond Webb were all starters for the initial AFC squad. And if we're being honest and having an intellectually honest conversation, you should have three this year instead of two. Because Jalen Waddell, definitively. You want to make the case about Joe Burrow and... His production and like, okay, but then keep that same energy with Jalen Waddle. And they 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 did not. And that's a bummer. But uh still very happy for the Dolphins. I, I hope none of the Dolphins play in the game, right? That's kind of the the running joke for when they did the whole Pro Bowl reveal midweek on Wednesday night. Was everybody saying, I hope I'm honored, but I hope I'm not available to play in the game because it's the week before the Super Bowl. And that's kind of the uh The accepted thoughts that everybody has with the with the Pro Bowl games, right, is is it's an honor. It's a flawed system. And it's one of those things where you as a player, you you hope you don't actually get into it because that means you've got something else going on that you got to be ready for. So uh, before we go any further here on the show, Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace with Turo. You can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts. You can browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. You can book that SUV or minivan for a family road trip, a pickup truck for some errands, or even test drive that electric vehicle you've had your eyes on. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Speaking of driving, can we all acknowledge the holiday season is coming up? Um going to have a lot of opportunities to be out with friends and enjoy yourself. So please do so responsibly. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. It means you could get that driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers won't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. The bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different, and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI, paid for by NHTSA. We heard from some of the coaches on Thursday as well, and one of the ones that we heard from was Frank Smith, uh, Dolphins offensive coordinator, and he was asked about Liam Eichenberg. and we've kind of been cresting up to this potential return for Liam to the lineup, and Coach McDaniel earlier in the week had communicated that uh, Liam was playing his best ball at the time of his injury, so Frank Smith was asked um, what some of the areas were in which he felt Liam was having the most improvement this was frank smith's response pass protection for one felt like his sets he was really improving on the way he wants to play fundamentally they go overall just the little parts of execution to his operation and run blocking but really pass protection we saw great growth from him He was really seeing how some techniques would really help him i think it's a shame because he was starting to really take that on that's why we're excited for whenever we can get it back in hopefully keep growing on all that okay um that doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room, right? And the Dolphins coaching staff was pretty direct with about the Austin Jackson stuff as well. He's our right tackle. He's our right tackle. He's our right tackle. Well, then they have the time where it makes sense to put him into the lineup. And then he gets hurt at the end of the Houston game and is gone again. And now it's water under the bridge. But they've been talking Liam, right? So uh, my expectation is when he's activated, it's go time and he's going to be back in the lineup. There's a physical ceiling that Liam can bring that. I don't think Robert Jones necessarily can. And and that's something that um, as this Dolphins offense looks to build upon the performance that they had rushing the ball against the bills, um, having more athleticism up front can really help move the needle there. And Liam is a big X factor for me over the final, however many, like whenever he gets back in the lineup, he's going to be a huge X factor. He's going to be a player I'm watching very closely, not just for the final stretch for hopefully a playoff run, but also we're going to like, we're at the point now where we have a big enough sample size. We're going to have to start asking ourselves some questions about what changes the dolphins need to make whenever their season ends to be better prepared to go win a Super Bowl next year, which is the goal. It should be the goal. We've moved beyond. Uh, we need to rebuild. The conversation has changed definitively based on the way that the Dolphins have played this season. Now, whether or not that they have the opportunity this year or not, that's up to them to go out. Last night with the Jets was a great start because the Dolphins wake up this morning with, I believe, an 81% chance to make the playoffs according to 538. And here's how it goes from here. If the Dolphins... See, the Bengals beat the Patriots on Saturday. And then the Dolphins beat the Packers on Sunday. If those two dominoes fall, Miami will walk into Foxborough next weekend in a win-and-clinch playoff situation. Think about that. Amidst all the stuff, right now, Miami... Needs the Bengals, who are the hottest team in football, to beat the Patriots, who are uh, one of the least challenging offenses just based on their recent production. I don't want to say anything like outlandish or, or just super disrespectful, but like as Patriots fans, what they think of their offense this year. Going against the Bengals at full strength. that happens, and then Miami takes care of business on Sunday, and the Dolphins have, they they remain loose. They remain, like, very excited for this opportunity. They remain confident. You can see it, and you can read it, and you can hear it in how they're talking and how they're carrying themselves. And law of averages, right, is going to catch up to us at some point here. Law of averages, the Dolphins are a better football team than to lose the three games that they lost they could have very easily won all three in different junctures late in the game. So if you have three bounces of the ball that don't go your way throughout the course of three consecutive games, and you keep the same mentality, you come out and you do what you're supposed to do, those bounces will start coming back your way sooner rather than later. Wild averages. That's why I'm sitting here and I'm not not losing sleep. I'm on edge, but I'm not losing sleep yet about the Dolphins in the season that they're currently having. And uh, the Jets losing was a, a big domino against the Jaguars because now the Jets have to play their last two games on the road. They're in New York. They got to go to Seattle and then they got to go to Miami in consecutive weeks to close the season. With Chris Strievler taking over for Zach Wilson as the starting quarterback. Congratulations to uh, Jets fans. Um let us know when you're hanging the banner for AFC East second place at the end of Week Six. Frank Smith also asked about Tua Tonga Valoa. Have you seen how have you seen quarterback Tua Tonga develop over the course of the season? When maybe his first read isn't there, and how he has to go off script and make something happen for himself. This is an area for Tua that he's made big plays happen going all the way back to Alabama, but the sustainability of it is the challenge because he's not a height, weight, speed type guy, right? He's more quick footed and quick twitch in short spaces. than he is really getting outside the pocket. And then when he really gets outside the pocket and gets on the move, unless he's coming downhill and throwing on the move on the run to his left-hand side, which is his throwing arm side, he doesn't have access to the full field. Like a lot of the bazooka arm quarterbacks do. And that's fine. As long as you are selective in those opportunities, you make smart decisions in those opportunities. Here's a Frank Smith. I think ultimately we're pleased with how he's played. The season is always full of just learning opportunities for him and for all people involved in the game. We've been very pleased with how he's played. He's responded. He's learned. He's grown. 17 game season is a very long time, plus the preseason, plus training camp. So really there's ebbs and flows, especially when you're a younger player. Obviously, this is a new system for him. So I think ultimately overall, the way he's played, the way he's carried himself, the way he works with his teammates, we couldn't be more happy to have him here and keep having him as our quarterback. You know who else had some complimentary words uh, for Tua of Aloa earlier this week? Aaron Rodgers. I want to make sure I get this quote right from from Rodgers. Uh, but Rodgers was asked about Tua, and here's what he had to say. And this this is Aaron. Aaron's his own dude. Right. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is a very unique character in the NFL scope. Um, but one thing that you can be sure of when you put a microphone in front of Aaron Rodgers, he's going to tell you exactly what he feels. He's not going to sugarcoat anything. So hearing this kind of commentary from Aaron uh, moves the needle more for me, if we're being honest, than hearing it from a lot of other quarterbacks across the league where it's very easy to just gas up your opponent and do this, that, the other thing. Aaron's not afraid to throw his own teammates under the bus, let alone talk a little smack. So, here's what Roger said. I enjoy the way he plays, talking about Tua to Below. Plays on time and does a nice job with his eye control for a young player. Obviously, good pocket movement. He can extend plays. They've had a couple of pretty incredible fourth-quarter comebacks this year where he's been super efficient. He has some great weapons, but I've been impressed with the way he plays and the way he handles himself too. I think he handles himself with a lot of respect and class. I think that says a lot about a young player. That's cool. that's 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 a cool bit of feedback from Aaron Rodgers of all people, uh, for all quarterbacks that you could be going against. So, um, couple different perspectives on Tua Tagovailoa from the opposing quarterback and our team's offensive coordinator and. Uh, I certainly think the performance in Buffalo was a promising development for a player who had questions about performances in cold weather games and adverse conditions, and a step in the right, a continued step in the right direction. Right. Before we go any further, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting information. They have all of your needs dialed up whenever. You need them. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college football to basketball, you name it. It's all at Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Bringing this focus, we, we talked a lot about the Dolphins in a vacuum, and now and we brought this back to the Packers uh, with the game that is coming up on Sunday. The game over at Ben the Dolphins are favored by 3.5 points uh, at home. So if you go to BenOnline.ag, 3.5 points is the current Dolphins spread. They are favored by... Um, Green Bay, David Bakhtiari, as of today, has not practiced yet this week. Uh, Head coach, Green Bay Packers head coach Matt LaFleur did say that Bakhtiari has a chance to practice today. He had an emergency appendectomy. Um, He's been up or down with injuries. I know Bakhtiari this morning dropped a tweet that said, uh, Tough times don't, reminder, tough times don't last, but tough people do. So that could either mean I have survived the tough time, or the tough time is continuing, but I will survive it. We're going to find out when they drop the injury report. Um, But it was no joke uh, for Bakhtiari. Now, he's, when healthy, one of the best offensive tackles in football. But if I look at the Packers' offensive line, even if Bakhtiari plays, Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon, Yash Nijman, The Dolphins will have a definitive advantage with their defensive line against the Packers. And Bakhtiari hasn't played in two weeks, so there's almost a sense of even if Bakhtiari plays, he'll have to have knocked off the rust and will not have practiced all week with the exception of probably limited participation on Friday. He spent Thursday on an exercise bike at the practice facility. Something to watch. From a matchups perspective with the Packers offense, you're gonna need to see uh, again. It's it's backs dependent. The Packers, I think, if the Packers come out in two back sets and they have both Jones and Dylan on the field at the same time, I think that's really where they have the ch- they they will have the opportunity to challenge the Dolphins personnel decisions the most. But if it's either Jones or Dylan, I think they they leave themselves very little wiggle room. To push Miami to get outside of of comfortable personnel matchups. Christian Watson is a dynamic player; he's making plays, but he's a young player. If you put if you put Xavier Howard on him for sixty minutes, I would take my chances. And then you have non athletic matchups like Allen Lazard and Randall Cobb. They're, they're Lazard's a big body guy, but he's a lethargic route runner. Uh, he wins on the vertical stem and he wins at the catch point. It's not a big separator, though. Randall Cobb, really savvy route runner. Obviously, he's a he's late-stage player for the Packers. Got good chemistry with Aaron. But if you told me that you put Cater um, Kohu on Randall Cobb, I'd like your chances there too because Cater's going to have the recovery ability even if Randall wins the route early. Romeo Dobbs is an interesting wild card, um, how Miami stacks him and plays him. He wins on the vertical plane. He's another vertical plane receiver. He was really he was a fourth-round rookie out of Nevada. He wins down the field. He's pretty one-dimensional as a route runner. You know, who's a corner who I actually think could really have success in that matchup? No Benogany. You're going to want to play in his face. He's not going to break off routes against you and, and snap back down towards the line of scrimmage and create a lot of separation, and that's Noah's weakest part of his game. I like the matchups on the outside, and I like the matchups in the trenches. It's getting the right balance to handle the following three players, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, Robert Tunyon. Get Eric Roback. handle Robert Tunyon. The backs are going to tell you what they're going to do. And even if they go tendency breaker, you'll have the right personnel out there. Defensively, I know this was brought up on uh, the Crossover Thursday episode yesterday, but I would hope there's a lot of misdirection. I would hope there's a lot of eye candy for the guys on the perimeter. I think this is the kind of game that you can get back into some of the the middle-of-the-field throws. Quay Walker is an impactful player on passing downs, a rookie first round backer out of Georgia, but he's an impactful player playing downhill as a pressure player. It's where he wins Kingsley and Igbar on the edge and Preston Smith on the edge. Preston Smith's a good football player, but, but they're, neither one of those guys is quick twitch players. So if you play quick twitch game with the RPO, and you're looking to throw over the middle of the field, and you got Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker with Chris Barnes as your top three off-ball linebackers. I would expect middle of the field, especially if Darnell Savage, which Peter Bukowski talked about yesterday, he's been relegated out of that free safety spot, playing in the middle of the field. Now it's Rudy Ford, and Rudy Ford may be playing good football. Rudy Ford is a good football player at Auburn. Remember him pretty well. But I would, I would be very surprised. If this Packers defense has the ability to cut and take away the middle of the field in the same way in which the last three opponents did, the 49ers did it because they play, they've got athletic linebackers, and the Dolphins' response was to try and run routes deeper than that and behind it. And it interrupted the timing and the placement and the consistency of staying on schedule offensively. The Chargers did it because they had Asante Samuel Jr. and they had Mike Davis. And they had these corners play up in your face, and they played bracket zone coverage. They cut everything coming across the middle of the field to cap the routes, and you would had you were had to consistently get through progressions one and two to get to three or later. Jair Alexander is a good corner. Rasul Douglas is a good corner, but they're. Keyshawn Nixon in the slot against Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Like I, I just think you know, Tua. I'll give Tua credit against Buffalo. He was not afraid to throw at Tre'Davious White. Tre'Davious White, when healthy, is like a top five corner in football. Tua's not going to shy away from throwing to his guys because he trusts his guys. So like, I know Jair Alexander hasn't been the top five corner that he's also shown the ability to be throughout the course of much of this season. Um. Jair's not had the highest ceiling play for him in the same way that Xavier that Howard hasn't had his highest ceiling play this season as well. But Jair is, is a sticky guy who I think can play in the same way that like Asante Samuel did and really get into a guy's body and stay attached on him. They probably won't be afraid to press him. If they do, okay, then either... Look that way and expect your receiver to win early or do the pick a side thing and pick a matchup early on. I think Miami sh- would be wise to come back to some of the jet motion, shallow crosses that they ran to Tyreek Hill against the Bills. And of course, the Bills took away the middle of the field because they had, you know, they played their linebackers at deeper depths and it allowed the Dolphins running game to, to get fired up and get rolling. Um, and they also, like San Francisco, have two stud. Athletic linebackers. I don't think Green Bay has either of those variables. So for Miami, I'm looking for middle of the field passing to come back into focus in this game. But run the ball, right? Like you got to be able to run the ball in order to do that. And um, Miami will have to be inspired with how they Uh, Played last week and come back out and do the same thing. Now, here's the good news. Eric Rowe, Jeff Wilson, two key players from last week, have been limited participants with their respective hip and hamstring injuries all week to this point. Uh, Elijah Campbell, coming back from the concussion, full participant, gives you another extra DB. So we don't have to live in a world where uh, Clayton Fezlum is playing defensive snaps. Javon Holland, back to a limited participation with the next stinger that he had. Um, the only two guys who did have not practiced on either day this week are Teron Armstead and, River Craycraft. Craycraft with the calf and Teron with his litany of injuries. But you know he's going to play. He's going to play. And that's why he made the Pro Bowl. So all, all I want this holiday season is a Dolphins win, to be honest. I'm hoping we can get back into club dub and we could celebrate the holiday season. We could celebrate a dolphins win together. And um, I will be here either way on Sunday night after the game, we will have a podcast on Sunday night, recapping everything that happens. So I'm looking forward to touching base with all of you after that, and hopefully getting back into club dub for the first time uh, in quite some time, which would be uh, an excellent way to start this final stretch of the 2022 regular season. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks for checking out Locked on Dolphins. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Make it a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Everybody stay safe. Everybody have fun. And let's go, Dolphins.